everybody. Welcome back to Challenging Trades. This is Chris here again. And I'm Drew. Awesome. And today is February 27th, 2022. It is currently 6.16 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And about 3.16 p.m. Pacific Time. And we are coming to you from Boston and California with an incredible week that in the rear view. Lots of big news, lots of things happening. I'm sure you're all aware of what's going on in the world today, but we are going to cover some of that. Before we begin, this is just a reminder that Challenging Trades is an opinion and a news source, and we do not provide any investment advice. Nope, just fun things that you should not probably do when you invest. Yeah, just just having a good time <laughs> and attempting to make money just like the rest of you. Uh, fortunately, you know, we've got some good news on our trade challenge. Uh, we've got a lot of week in review news and we've got a, a big story here in regards to what's going on right now in Russia, how that's going to probably affect cryptocurrencies and what you might want to do with that information. So we're going to get right to all of that. I'm going to let Drew kick it off. And Drew, let's talk about our trade challenge. We are now at the end of trade challenge number two. Right, right. So the good part, uh, as Chris said, is that we both actually made money this time Woo! around or at least gained uh, on this time around versus a double digit loss last month. So Hell I think yeah, that yeah. that's a good start, right? I mean, um, it's, it's, it's trending in the right direction. We got to turn this ship around, at least for me still. Uh, Chris wins again. Uh, Fisker being the electric car company. Ionis Pharmaceuticals being the uh, biotech company uh, focusing on rare diseases and as you all probably remember, who has been with us since the beginning of the month, uh, I took a big beating on my stock right away. Pfizer pulled I out, of a, out of a collaboration. I think the Delta was about minus 15 on that first day. So if you just minus that out, then we would have tied. But uh, but that didn't happen. So uh, Chris wins. Yeah, dude. And more lessons are learned. Uh, we're going to internalize what we've, what we've learned there. I think, I think kudos to Chris again, because a 15% monthly game is extremely good, no matter what way you look at it. Uh, I don't even know how the market did over the last 30 days. I could just double check here. Uh, but I don't think it was doing, uh, a fabulous time. I think we might've been up maybe a percent with some wild rides in between since the end of January, Highs and some lows, but yeah, February, I think, I think depending on how tomorrow ends up may take up as a positive. We'll find out. It we'll see, you know, nobody can really guess anymore what we're seeing here and we'll get into that in the weekend review, but quite a topsy turvy roller coaster week for both crypto and equities. Um, Uh, Yes, very much so. And there's stuff coming down the line. That's going to be really, really interesting for you guys holding crypto bags, but we will get to that. Uh, That's going to be the main story. (laughs) You know, I've had a hard time not looking smug this entire month and I'm glad this video doesn't usually get broadcast out, but man crushed it. Either way, Drew pulled out of a negative and has actually come up with a 0.3% gain, which honestly, in in the market that we're currently in to find anything that's going to promote a gain is a win in my book. Like just to not lose money is, is kind of one of the biggest wins you can find right now. So, you know, kudos to Drew as well. Uh, Ionis did, did very well, all things considered. Fisker just happened to have a really big movement right at the beginning. 
I thought we, I was going to see a bump because I saw Kathy Wood starting to sell her Ionis at the beginning <laughs> of the month. So I thought that I was going to definitely win the trade challenge by more people buying Ionis as a result. But is that the didn't. move now? Just do the inverse of Kathy Wood? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I think so. At least, at least that's what people think short term. Yeah. But it's time but for a new one now. It's time for a new one. With, with, with every good trade challenge that ends, we have a, a new one to take its place. And we've thought a lot harder about this trade challenge. Uh, do you want me to do the honors this time? I do. I do. I, uh, uh, as the winner of the last challenge, I am going to let you throw the gun. I think that should be the rule, right? The, the winner gets to pick second um, on the next. Give, give me a chance. Ah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But I think either way, it's my turn this month and I'm going to do um, I'm going to pick a company that, I just feel like won't be so much subject to these big turns and twists of the, of the market. So I'm going to play a little defense this time around. All right. I like still that. get a gain in here. Maybe not a, an all or nothing one, but I'm going to choose a, a company that I think is going to be rather inflation proof. I think people are going to be flocking to it and have been flocking to it to, to buy their, buy everything they've ever wanted. Um, it is an in-person brick and mortar store. So uh, but it's one of the biggest in the country. Um, I'm going to pick the the store that you always dread to go on the weekends called Costco. Oh, man. Going to Costco on the weekends is a death sentence. It is, <sighs> it is not the place that I want to be Saturday or Sunday. It's also going to be a reminder every weekend when we do this podcast that I still need to go to Costco. So, oh, I was going to go to Costco today. Like, <laughs> is that, is that, you know what? I and just because of this trade challenge, I am not going to be shopping at Costco for the entirety <laughs> for of the March. entire month, <laughs> which is going to hurt me a lot more than I, than I probably could imagine. So, I, uh, man, I'm I'm starting to regret this decision. Why did you pick Costco? All right. Well, who who who's your who's your champion? All right. So I really like your choice, by the way. I, uh, you know, I'm kind of blown away. It's a great pick. Um, but my champion is going to be also a brick and mortar store, more of a franchise situation and mm. a company that is kind of been up and coming, trying to take on a very incumbent space. Uh, and also both speaking of which, by the way, both Costco and my, my pick are set to be reporting earnings in the month of March. Ooh. So we are going to see exactly how that plays out and who really had the better earnings because the market should kind of move in in accordance with that but my pick is dutch is dutch bros so bros bros is the ticker currently sitting at 47 and a quarter took a little bit of a beating on friday uh but i think you know we're gonna see a a large uptick in them short term uh, and that earnings report should really show it well dutch bros i thought it was gonna be a blunt rolling company but if it's a coffee company, it's in the Pacific Northwest, then you know you're going to do pretty well. So let's just see if you can hold up against my big old buddy Costco and the and and the and the folks that uh, are going to be going there to try to starve off inflation. I uh, I'm hoping so. I you know I'm I'm hoping that with the the reduction of like the mask mandating and the COVID thing kind of dwindling down, we're going to see a lot more brick and mortar come up. Um, which is why I picked what I picked as well. And I think probably plays into your choice too. I think we're going to see more of an uptick in Costco who already did incredibly well during the COVID era. So uh, I think it's only, you know, sky's the limit for those guys. Is the COVA that that's the, that's the funny thing is that, um, that who knew that the, the way to cure COVID was just to have a war, 
you know, like I haven't heard one thing about COVID in the last seven days and I, it could be, <laughs> it could be the pandemic's over just because Russia invaded Ukraine. So we'll see how that impacts uh, things going forward. If, if there is that post pandemic mentality on, and it could weigh further on some areas uh, for sure. Um, I think so as well. So we're going to see what happens with that. Um, but that brings us right to the news too. Cause you're, kind of what you're talking about yeah what what do we got going on in the world today like what like in the world this week and i look i'm saying that with like a smirk on my face because a lot is going on in the world today. there's a (laughs) lot of stuff happening here uh both at home and abroad there's going to be incredible ramifications for everybody as to what happens next but drew you are my resident expert right now on you know how this impacts everybody what what the hell is going on yeah, so um, it it's it's a it's a crazy week. I mean, on the backdrop of of COVID and inflation worries and Fed raising raising rates, we had this little thing called a Russian invasion that that mm-hmm. happened. Um, oh yeah, just, is, just casual, just casually, just, just scrolling casual, in, just casual. You know, kind of just happened. Uh, I think it was the the week the the night of the twenty third, which is Wednesday at least California time uh, where uh, the special military operation uh, conducted by uh, Putin's forces invaded several cities in Ukraine. They've been massing troops for a while. A lot of anxiety in the markets over that or around what the response would be, what would be the impact of financial global financial markets. So we had been trending pretty down, pretty much down uh, and evident by energy stocks and the, and defensive stocks going higher. And you called Fuck. that, by the way, at the end of our last one, you were talking about defense stocks. So, you know, kudos to you on that. That was a great, um, that was a great bit of insight there as to what might see some positive right. movement. But what happened to our market as soon as the first tank rolled into the Ukraine? Yeah. So cr- crazy. So crazy stuff, right? So I think the first thing that kind of happened was I noticed overnight that crypto had just plummeted from like 39k uh slash 40k to about 34 35k and that happened like in within an, an hour absolutely overnight. and drew with like the trade of the month decided maybe, that was the maybe right time. trade of the week but honestly yeah. because <laughs> let me let me put this in perspective here i am like the resident crypto expert between the two of us so for drew to be making a move that i didn't make which was to buy quite the dip uh, I gave him a lot of pats on the back for that because what happened the next day with Bitcoin? Well, what happened was the same thing that happened with the whole markets as a whole. It started off like very deep in the red minus, I think NAS- NASDAQ must have been oof, like minus two or minus 2.5%. I was, in the morning. I was like wincing as I woke up in the morning. I was like, like, oh this no. Is not good at all. But I expected I- that to continue. I, I, I had hope. I had hope. And by the end of the day, we ended three plus on the NASDAQ and like 10 plus on Bitcoin. It was over 10% gain in 24 hours for Bitcoin alone. Ethereum saw an 11% gain and Drew bought that dip. Like I brought a both of champion, them. Like a champion. And I am so happy that he did that because he's now on the dark side with me. I, I, I did it. I saw an opening. I had some, I had a little, it's a little bit. A very little amount had a little bit left. Threw it on both of those. We got double digit gains. 
My Lockheed Martin went up on a 6%, 5.96% oh, uh, this week that. On, a, on top of an 8.8% gain on the S&P. Uh, so that was a nice 3x, uh, 3 to 4x. I, oh, no, no, actually, that's, sorry, that's about 6x. 6x the, the return on, on, on the ETF. So you know, I'm kind of offloading some of the Lockheed Martin now because I think there's going to be a new opening that's going to be coming soon for, for us all on the, on the growth side. Um, and, growth and actually, actually do, they showed their upside already this week. And, and a lot of folks are thinking, okay, is this because the S&P dropped 15%? We had like, you know, everyone was talking about the 15% drop correction, blah, 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 blah. It's way worse than that. It's most of the actually the nasdaq is below 52 week highs like well actually half the nasdaq is at 20 52 week lows rather so you know we had an immense drop in value by even 80 percent for a wide swath of what i think are pretty companies so it are are folks looking at that as like a technical bounce over a correction that's maybe, what maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit, but at the same time, I feel like you called this about two weeks ago. I was actually on your side with this too. So I'm giving you a lot of kudos in this episode, but for good reason, because you've been calling this as this has all unfolded. We may have seen the bottom. We may have finally hit it. And now we're finally starting to make our way back up. Now the Russia situation might be kind of accelerating that. And it's causing still a lot of concern on like, what are the long-term kind of global ramifications? But when you're looking at what the, what the folks are really crushing growth stocks for the Q4, the, all of January and probably half of February was the fact that feds were going to be raising rates at like the highest pace that they have in a really long time because inflation is at a 40 year high. Um, this uncertainty has clearly cast a shadow on the ability of of the fed to raise rates that high. And I think, you know, most people now are thinking about a quarter point increase in March and then kind of seeing how it's going with quantitative easing slash quantitative tightening. We may not be seeing what we thought we were going to see before, which was a fed rate hike at quite literally every one of their meetings left, um, which would have been seven rate hikes over the course of the year. Now, the, the, the question becomes, are they going to raise rates at every one of them? Maybe not. Um, it could be getting closer to about five rate hikes. And, and they all might be quarter. Percent. Yeah, exactly. They're all about a quarter percent. You, you're, I mean, you were the one, we were both kind of looking at this. That was going to be our trade challenge actually this month was, what do you think? Quarter point, half point. But now I think we're both on the same page. It's going to look more towards like a quarter point. I was leading half point before, but now I'm looking quarter point because of what this is going to do to our own economy. Um, it's going to it's going to kind of supplement what we're trying to do with uh, rate increases by adding to the global supply chain by and also removing from the global supply chain for mm-hmm. Russia. So it's going to be taking those assets and moving them around and the, the necessary components, you know, specifically things like semiconductors are going to be able to move to places that need them that aren't Russia uh, mm-hmm. and helping our own supply chain issues out. And that's the key, right? Is, is, are we just going to be stomaching inflation for higher? Because certainly this mess is going to affect inflation and not the, the good way it's going to contribute, at least on the energy side, 
contribute to higher inflation, even in the U.S., way, way worse in Europe, but even in the U.S. So we're going to have to stomach inflation higher there. And if the Fed doesn't tighten enough, we are already, I think, thinking that the Fed was a bit late on this one uh, by like six or six or nine months. So is them being a little bit too uh, uh, dovish? I guess you could say at this the point, may, the Fed may have just gotten bailed out. If you ask me, you know, that procrastination may have actually worked to their advantage for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but short term, obviously, if you're looking at your own portfolio for the year of 2022, it's not looking good. So hopefully we can continue to see this upward trend. Uh, I would say as a whole, you know, the market was definitely up this week, but not nearly as much as we're talking it up to be. Um you know, we saw some highs, we saw some lows early in the week. We definitely sentiment was definitely a little bit more negative on Monday and Tuesday. Um, we're trending upward. Do we continue this trend? TBD. I'm not really sure. And I'm not sold that we will, but we'll find out. I, I, I do want to say, though, that I think it's really with all the stuff that's going on, like you'd think it was the apocalypse, right? World War Three. You think it, you'd think that our stock market would have tanked way harder by now. I thought it was. I think that just points to how strong our economy is right now, actually. So I would take that as a good sign. Like we have we, we've been putting up strong economic numbers domestically. So, uh, you know, we're we, we're a really strong place jobs wise, maybe not workforce utilization, but definitely like from a really strong perspective that we're seeing the GDP growth that we need to see. Inflation is is high, but our growth is also really high. So is it going to be more of a stagflation environment? Or are we going to actually just see inflation start dropping off as soon as supply chain gets a bit better later in the year? You know, that'd yeah, be the I ideal totally thing. agree with you. And sentiment across the board with investors wanting to take on more risk now than they were before. The, you know, we saw this about three weeks ago and it felt like it felt like we might be turning the corner. It turned out to be more of a dead cat bounce, to be honest with you. Um, this might be the real move upward again. And, you know, hopefully we're right, uh, you know, for our own sake and for those that, you know, listen to us. But at the same time, time will tell. Um, you know, for Russia, uh, you know, what I can tell you is it, it definitely seemed like they thought they were going to roll on the Ukraine within a matter of days. And it seems like that that um, momentum is starting to lose its strength. They, they, they fought, they found a lot more resistance in the Ukraine than I think they were expecting. And you know, how this unfolds from here will be interesting to watch. I, I agree completely. Now I'm going to set you up, Chris, I'm going to tee this off you perfectly for the big topic. Are you ready for this? I love I'm when gonna, you do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to kind of like set the stage right now. Oh, please. All right. It. Ready? Paint the picture. Okay. Okay. So just just announced Germany finally buckled and oh, yes, all of EU yes, has agreed yes, to yes. cut off Russia from the SWIFT banking system. What is SWIFT? I haven't heard about it. I just I just oh, well, you, we're all hearing out. about it now. So it's essentially an easy way for financial institutions to move money by verification of transactions through secure messaging services. Blah, blah, blah. Sounds like something else I know that actually Chris knows a lot more than me about. Yeah, but um, you've joined the dark side with me now. So you're part of this world too, bro. <laughs> yeah, this is your, your, your trade this week is just, this is going to be your, the window is open now and you just have to go through it. Um, so yeah, what we were talking about here with our big topic this week is Russia's financial impact of this war, how the world is treating them in terms of the financial sanctions that are definitely coming down the line, which is the safest bet, by the way, for the world to enact because our 
our NATO partners in the EU um, are really going to be feeling a lot more of the pain should we choose to take a more aggressive stance altogether at what Russia is doing. But at the same time, this is a move that will cripple Russia's financial status um, and ability to grow and kind of innovate for the upcoming decades, right? This is going to hurt. Uh, whether you believe it or not, you know, this is one of those slow growing problems that's going to hurt for them, maybe not in the immediate short term by taking them off of SWIFT, but this will show itself in the next 5, 10, 15 years, the ramifications of their actions today. So what's going on with SWIFT, right? So we've already imposed a number of financial sanctions against Russia. A number of companies have stopped deciding to work with Russia. Even crypto exchanges have decided to stop having Russian miners uh, get payouts uh, and participate on the blockchain. It's, it's a really interesting time how everybody's coming together and trying to stifle Russia's ability to have access to money and, and gain more financially as this war unfolds. Now, taking Russia off of SWIFT, so SWIFT is basically a money transfer system, global money transfer system between all of the banks across the globe. Uh, it, it is the, the participants of this system are the vast majority of all global banks and their way to transfer money in and out of your country. So by stifling this or removing them from SWIFT, which has only happened once before, is going to hurt Russia in the long term and also in the short term by giving them, by prohibiting them to have access to funds. Hmm. There is a new system, though, that has come into the fold since the last time a country was removed from SWIFT. And this is something that could soften the blow. Uh, for Russia. And also, it helps both parties in, in, a, in a one way, and it also hurts both parties in another. Cryptocurrency has now become mainstream. Bitcoin has become a pretty stable and pretty vast money transfer system, um, which is, like we've always mentioned, decentralized and unregulated for the most part. Uh, mm-hmm. Regulations have kind of played a factor in when you look at how things were handled with the uh, Canada trucker protests that we last talked about in our last episode. But the development on that, for example, is they are still able to get the Bitcoin. There are other avenues for that to be transferred over to them, and it is actively being done as we speak. Those Bitcoin are being moved to the truckers regardless of the emergency enactment from Canada's government stopping them from being able to use those wallets. They just moved wallets. And they found another way to get the money into those folks' hands. Whether you believe in that protest or not is entirely up to you. But the same can now be done for countries like both the Ukraine and Russia. Why does this matter? Why do we care about this? SWIFT is now in the process of being shut down for Russia. The banks are no longer going to be able to transfer money in and out of the country. Cryptocurrency is now their new vessel. What will likely happen here and what we've already been seeing for the, for the people of the Ukraine because of the cyber attacks that Russia has been having on their banking system as we speak, the Ukraine has already taken to getting money via cryptocurrency and over $4 million has been sent to the Ukraine via Bitcoin. That's not a small amount of money. Granted, on a, on a countrywide basis, it's a drop in the bucket, right? It's not that much money looking at the GDP and looking at the actual the, the size of the country and what their needs might be. But this is, but in, in a matter of hours and days, $4 million via donation, not via direct government to government transfer, not via corporate to government transfer, donations from people like you and I have made their way into the Ukrainian hands. Once Russia gets shut off of SWIFT, you can easily expect 
a country, by the way, which was thinking about banning cryptocurrency no more than two weeks ago, is now going to be utilizing Bitcoin to continue to fund its country, to continue to move money in and out without the oversight of the EU, uh, without the oversight of NATO and the U.S., and and you you say that like it's something that you're almost positive on, but how will we know when this is happening? Other than seeing like if the price starts to go up, which we still don't really know. So, how's that going to affect everyday Russians and the and and how do we know when this is going to happen? It's gonna it's gonna probably happen as soon as Swift is enacted, or even just a little bit before it. Right now, the cogs are kind of turning for Swift to be uh, pulled away from Russia. Um, mm-hmm. With that being said, and that came into fruition last night, Germany was the last holdout, and they finally raised their hand and accepted the the idea. Um, we're gonna start to see cryptocurrency probably within the next twenty four to forty eight hours really start to make its financial move based on the increase in users on the blockchain. And the increase in money moved between wallets, whether those wallets be Ukrainian or Russian, we'll find out. Uh, but money is going to be changing hands a little bit faster on the blockchain now than it was before mm. because of the nature of removing Russia from SWIFT. Is it, do you think primarily going to affect Bitcoin? Or I do. Okay, so this is going to be something like, uh, if you think this is going to be big and going to happen, then Bitcoin would be the investment. No. I don't. Uh, So look, I'm looking at this from a transactional standpoint, from an investment standpoint, I have a different take. Mm, So Bitcoin is going to move around quite a bit uh, because that's kind of the transactional cryptocurrency of choice. And it's the most well-known and mainstream one with the most adoption to date. You can move other cryptocurrencies around and exchange them for whatever your, you know, in-country currency might be. And that's, what's going to that's what's going to happen. But the primary is going to be Bitcoin because of ease of adoption and mainstream knowledge. This is good and bad for Bitcoin. I'll talk about that first. And then I will talk about what I think is the investment option, but I am going to shorten it here so we don't take too long. I can go on this all day. Uh, and and, and he, he can. I can. Tell I, re- you. I really can. I can vouch for that. But I'll cliff note what I've kind of come to be what the future of all of this holds for people that are holding crypto, crypto in general, and what investments I would highly recommend uh, people look into. But again, we are not financial advice. So do your own due diligence and move your money as you feel appropriate. Um, so Bitcoin is probably going to be the vessel that gets used to get to soften the blow of Russia being taken off of SWIFT. It's going to be the, it's the transactional cryptocurrency of choice. It's the most widely known and widely used, and it's going to be making a lot of movement um, as you see in the next probably 24 to 48 hours from time of this episode. With that being said, it's going to do two things. One, it's going to push the price of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin specifically, uh, but I'll talk about other coins in a moment up because of the increase in activity and the increase in new users on the blockchain. Uh, also increase in investment. So it's good. a lot of people are going to be turning their fiat currency into crypto to make that movement. Short and then long term, I think this might hurt a little bit more than it helps, though. The rationale, rationale being this could be used as a pro-Russian vessel to help soften the blow and make money able to move around that circumvents these sanctions that we're putting into place that the EU and the rest of the world are putting into place. This might be their way to get around it. Now, there's no way they're going to transfer as much money as they're going to be taken off of with SWIFT, but it will soften the impact for a lot of folks. Um, And it's going to really, it it will, there's no way around it, help Russia, but it's also helping the Ukraine. 
this is the nature of cryptocurrency. It does not make that decision. It's only a vessel. It's only a tool that can be used to move money. Uh, and it can be used in either direction, pro or con. Um, so what may end up happening from this is this could potentially become a scapegoat um, on the global stage for why Russia is continuing to actually uh, move money in and out of their country. And that may prompt further and more swift, pun intended, regulation to cryptocurrency in the short term and long term. That's what I was going to say as uh, kind of playing the side of, of the U.S. here. So if, if they see that as being advanced to Russia, what's, Which they why, can't they, why can't they just sanction Bitcoin? You know, like why can't Bitcoin they just... is, is unregulated. It is decentralized. They can't really sanction Bitcoin, but they are now going to be putting in maybe in an accelerated level ways to regulate it, uh, because as it stands right now, there's not much they can do. I've seen feds, though, and at least stateside, be able to recover stolen Bitcoin wallets. They can't still track it, or how, how they? How can they do that? But they not, they can't do that internationally. There's because the governance needs to be there on both ends, right? To acquire the Bitcoin from the individual, and I doubt Russia is going to be taking that out of their their citizens' hands. Well, certainly a double-edged sword. It is a double-edged sword. There's a, there's a, this is the thing is, it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't look at who's receiving and who's sending the money. Bitcoin is a tool. It should be looked at primarily as that way. But I fear we're going to be looking at Bitcoin as a pro-Russian tool in the short term, which is going to bring down a lot more government regulation. Now, here's my investment kind of take on this. Um, again, it's not advice. It's just an opinion. And this is what I believe may happen. Short term, you're going to see quite the Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrency pop, but don't look for gains in Bitcoin because that I don't think is going to be your more lucrative bet. Take a look mm. at altcoins. Uh, altcoins are going to, again, we've mentioned this before. I'll mention it again. Bitcoin is the rising tide that lifts all ships. With Bitcoin's movement, you're going to see the entire market move upward. Uh, so take a look at coins that have good volume and market cap and try to take a look at ones with good use case as well. Utility case, things like an Ethereum competitor uh, or even Ethereum itself, because it is going to see benefit here. Um, I think the Bitcoin gains are going to be good. Uh, I just think you can find more money elsewhere. On top of that, um, look for this to be a short term pop with a longer term potential downtrend. Uh, if regulation comes down the line as quickly as it might. Now, there's only one asterisk to that, and there's a caveat. The caveat is this is also going to bring an influx of new Bitcoin users and investors to the market because of necessity. That may circumvent the regulation aspect. We have yet to see it. But something to keep on top of is there's going to be new users in crypto, a lot more new users out of absolute necessity. It's going to be moving around at a rate that we haven't seen before out of necessity. And you're going to see quite a valuation shift in terms of how crypto is valued and how crypto is moved. Um, so keep your eyes on that space. It's going to be big. This next week is going to be a lot bigger than you think should SWIFT actually be pulled from Russia in the next, what I believe to be at least 24 to 72 hours, somewhere in that timeline. But I would expect to see a lot more movement in cryptocurrency, even starting in 24 hours. Wow. So there you have it. That, there's a lot to unpack there, and I think that was really good analysis, Chris. So I'm glad um, I'm glad you put that together. There's definitely things you want to look out for. I do think the um, the altcoin, or if there are any 
particular uh, crypto investments that may make a little bit better choice um, in, the, in this time. Uh, you know, you mentioned it before, uh, not only like the flip side of new users, but transactional costs are going to go up from higher energy costs. So that, that's something to think about. And that's, I think, what's been pu- putting a lot of pressure on crypto recently. Absolutely. Absolutely. That energy impact and the energy conversation has not helped crypto um, at least in the last 12 months. And Ethereum has made the big move to go proof of stake in ideally midway through this year, which will really reduce the energy impact. Um, and for anybody who's a gamer, it's going to put GPUs back on the market at a pretty reduced cost. So something to look at there. Uh, but proof of stake is definitely coming for a lot of these coins because of that environmental conversation. All right. Well, let's let's move forward here. Uh, we have a couple more segments to to. to discuss things um, yeah you want me to do my 60 second crypto segment on top of what i just mentioned yeah let's, let's loop that in there and then i'll i'll uh i'll keep take a short. look at the the calendar ahead here next week because it's going to be another crazy week for sure all right ready let's start the clock let's we got it. crypto start in 60 it. wind that back all right so bitcoin currently sitting at as of time of recording 37.6k lost support at the 40k mark this week which was a key support level that i would talked about in the last podcast it is now hitting that level at resistance so expect that to break through the 40k this week but in general down 1.6 percent over seven days and down almost four percent over the last 24 hours i expect that rally to go the other direction in the very short term ethereum around 2.6k up about a quarter percentage in the last seven days, but down almost 7% in the last 24 hours. So these are all taking a little bit of a hit short term. Again, the trend should move upward. Top performer in the top 100 on coin market cap as of this recording, ANC again, second week in a row. In the last seven days, it, it got another 70% gain. Last recording, it had a 50% gain. So if you're looking at this, that one's been a real winner for anybody holding that coin. Uh, And there's a little bit of crypto news that might be interesting um, for people to look at. XRP has been tied up in a lawsuit with the SEC for a long time. And a lot of information has come out recently about that, that lawsuit that points in the direction of XRP potentially winning that lawsuit or settling in their favor. Expect a pop from XRP near term. And watch for the Bitcoin price movements. Uh, I've mentioned that ad nauseum at this point, but really something to keep on top of. All right. Thank you so much, Chris, for that 60-second crypto. I think I did it in 60. Was that 60? Yeah, I think so. I think you hit it right on the the nose. Boom. I love that. We're going to try and keep it at 60. I know it's a lot of information to pack in there, but 60 seconds seems like the sweet spot. Perfect. Perfect. Now, looking ahead, futures look terrible, by the way. Uh, Futures look look, uh, pretty bad for... Across the major indexes, uh, yep, down two percent, uh, but they are trending upwards. Who knows? Honestly, they started really low last week, and people just kind of fought that. And, and well, I mean, we'll see what the impact is over here in the U.S. Ultimately, for these things, I still think that there's a lot up in the air. I think we could still see a positive week next week. We may we may just take a little bit of a of, of a, maybe one percent drop across the board tomorrow, just because of the very, very strong, surprising upswings we had last week. So we're due for a little bit of There's still some uncertainty in here, man. Like it's still people I I know are, it's trending upward, but people are still a little uncertain in terms of what happens next, right? Everything's kind of hanging out there and waiting for a decision to be made. And we're still seeing escalation of tensions 
And that escalation is going to continue until one thing, something breaks, right? So it's going to continue to escalate. Still would stay in. I think defense is still going to look pretty strong relatively. So you're going to want to stay there. Growth might take a hit next week. Uh, there is yeah, economic had a good data. week for once, though. And uh, you're, you're, you called this with energy and defense. I think energy is still a good looker for now. Energy is going to be all wild. I mean, we, we, so just looking at the economic calendar next week, uh, right away, we got some uh, manufacturing data coming out, uh, inventories on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, U.S. President Biden speaks on Tuesday. We'll see what the effect uh, that is. And then Wednesday is kind of like the oil and energy day. So we got OPEC meeting. We got inventories coming out. Um, Thursday is going to be more on the both factory order side. We have uh, uh, Jerome Powell speaking in the afternoon. Oh, okay, that'll be. We have a, a lot of the labor and productivity metrics coming out in the morning on Thursday, so that's that's all I think going to look good. Honestly, the inventories are going to probably look good. Energy and oil is going to look pretty bad, uh, but manufacturing has been really strong. Uh, I think it's going to continue pretty strong. It's going to recover from Omicron, so that's going to look good. Hourly warnings, more payrolls, all unemployment rate, all coming out on Friday, March fourth. Um, that has all been pretty strong. We'll see if we can, if we're, if we're going to be, um, recovering quite a bit on the labor force. From I do hear the inflation numbers though, for February may not come in as good as we expected once again. So expect a downturn there if that's the case. Yeah. You know, I think that's just going to be pretty tough until maybe Q, Q2, Q3, where we're going to want to be on the outlook for is uh, any kind of signs of stabilization or deceleration in the increases, as well as uh, maybe not in March, but towards April, May, June, what what that initial impact is from Fed tightening. I mean, we saw other secondary loan markets go up already. Yes, mortgage rates have been been going up, which I think has already started to hamper demand. You saw a lot fewer mortgage applications on a week by week basis. It's a healthy move. Significant drop. I'm hoping for more clarity out of this week. That's really what I'm hoping for. The clarity on the gonna, Russian side, clarity on the domestic side. We need yeah, double clarity. Here. We need some clarity domestically, specifically on the Russian side. We've put in sanctions and we've done some work here. You know, we have to approach that cautiously, not as cautiously as our neighbors over in the EU. Those guys really have a lot to lose depending on how they, they approach that issue. I'm more interested on the clarity domestically. We've been looking for this for a while. And I think it's time for the feds to start talking about what the rate hike is going to look like, how they plan on uh, tackling inflation and being very deliberate and clear with the way that they announce that. So I'm hoping for more information there this week. If we get that, look for a market bounce, in my opinion. Yeah. So what do you think we're going to end uh, by the end of next week? I mean, are you think we're going to see another slight positive roller coaster week or... Um, How do you see the week unfolding for both U.S. equities and crypto? Crypto, I think, goes up. U.S. equities, I think, go sideways. Maybe it's it's going to be uh, less than a percentage move in either direction. But how do you think VIX is going to do? In terms of volatility, is going to go up or down? Yeah, right now VIX is pretty gosh darn high, right? Like I think it drops a little at? bit if we get the clarity that I'm looking for. And that the market's looking for. If there's some clarity announced here from those Fed meetings, from especially Jerome Powell, um, maybe we get that VIX to drop. Otherwise, it stays nice and high. It's about upper 20s now, which is historically high. Uh, I think it could jump tomorrow back into the 30s. Um, But 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much deeper we can get on sanctions at this point. Um, I think we're pretty much there. So I think it'll be a shock on Monday. I'll count it. It'll be a bloody day. It'll you be... might be right. And I, and I feel that coming as well. Usually after a week, like the one that we just had where we're riding high, you know, in the, the last three months, it, it brings us all back then down to reality. The only other thing too, is with Russia losing steam in this fight right now, what happens with Putin's plan? How does he pivot? When you put that man's back against the wall, we don't know how he's going to react yet. Uh, and I'm curious to see how that unfolds both from a, geopolitical standpoint as well as a financial standpoint exactly we're, we're going to see where his next chess move um i don't think he thought goes. more more chess moves ahead here i thought he just i think he just had one he had just one yeah roll on the ukraine there's he thought this was going to be i thought i think truthfully that he thought they were just going to roll over and i uh i applaud the ukrainian people for standing their ground, fighting and defending their country. There's a lot to admire from the stories that are coming out of that country right now. Uh, we're trying not to get political on this. We're, we really want to tackle this more from a financial standpoint, but mm-hmm. there is a lot there to applaud for those folks who are standing their ground and protecting their country and fighting for what they believe is right. Um, lots to admire there. Uh, at the same time, it is, I think it's putting a wrench in Putin's plan. So we're going to see what his next plan is. And I'm not sure he thought that far ahead yet. The fact that he is kind of threatening to an extent that he has nuclear weapons, I think he said he was going to set his nuclear arsenal on yeah. alert level, means that he is kind of panicking right now. Yeah, actually. exactly. He's against the wall. <laughs> I think that's, that's like, an who would say that? that he is starting to he's starting to spiral a little bit because his plan isn't working and he didn't have a backup. I mean, ultimately, I think they have the force to eventually just take on Ukraine. I mean. That's true. They just don't want to piss off the population too much uh, and take out too many innocent lives. I mean, but that's the plan B, right? It's just to actually go in there and steamroll everything. That will be really not the optimal outcome. He wanted more precision operation just to get in there, remove. Yeah, just to take the democracy democracy out. out. Didn't happen. He's seeing a lot more economic pressure now. Uh, it, it was kind of a silly move. I mean, honestly, if you're going to go in there, you got to use overwhelming force. Um, and get I think in there he thought he was using overwhelming force. That's the thing. And frankly, you know, from the looks of things, it did appear that he was using what would be considered for that country's defense, uh, able ability to defend itself. That would have been considered overwhelming force. But the Ukrainian people have risen to the occasion and really fought back here in a way that I don't think Russia or even the world anticipated. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see, we'll see how that happens. I mean, it could get dragged, dragged out for quite a bit now. And, you know, that'll, that'll impact over. That'll be sentiment. poor for Russia. You know, I think that would end up poorly for Russia. The only way Russia can get themselves out of this and, you know, and, and deter uh, any further damage to their economy and country may just be for this to end quickly. All right. Well, on that note, we got to sign off here today. This week, it's been a crazy one. Next week is going to be crazy as well. Uh, we haven't determined what we're going to be talking about yet. So we'll, you know, we'll continue to, to see if there are any uh, recommendations or any feedback on that. But in the meantime, we're going to pick something relevant, something that's going to be impacting our portfolios directly, something that's going to help our, our listeners. Something uh, you guys adapt. want to hear about, you know, something, you know, we're like South Park, right? 
we're, we're going to go on whatever's relevant right now. We're going to make light of it and talk about how it impacts you. So, you know, this week, there's a very little to make light of. Uh, and, you know, we hope that, you know, those that are impacted by this war, um, unfortunately, uh, can find safety and solace um, and, you know, hold on to their loved ones and keep and protect themselves as well. So we do want to let you guys know that, that we, you know, we don't condone uh, the actions of Russia. At least I don't. Um, and I know that Drew probably feels the same way. So I will speak for him a little bit on this one. So, you know, keep everybody that you, that you love, keep yourself, keep those close to you safe uh, and do whatever you can in these very interesting times. But in the meantime, well said question shopping at Costco, because I want to win this trade. (laughs) Um, And we really appreciate everybody for listening out there. Please keep each other safe. All right. We'll talk to you next weekend. Have a safe uh, week and uh, good luck. Good luck trading. Good luck, everybody. We'll see you next week.